If you've been listening and watching, you want to hook a brother up, help me continue things about things. I want to get to 100 patrons by the end of 2023. And if I do that, I'm going to do something. I don't know what it's going to be yet. But by the end of the year, if I can get to 100 patrons, I'm going to do something. It might be... It might be like a grow a beard out and then shave it into something funky. It might be do some podcast episodes based on what the patrons want to do. It might be something embarrassing. It might be something adventurous. It might be something wild. It might be something tame. I don't exactly know. I'm going to start recording just so I don't forget. Yeah, go for it. But uh, I think maybe that's the key is, like you said... It's not pretentious. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could add like when it's actually you, but you're like you're not playing dress up as if you were someone else. Mm-hmm. When you actually dress and look and present yourself like you. You have any kind of napkin? Because I do only have the, the one that was in the there. One that, <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. I thought I would. I assumed it would be there, and it wasn't. So this is going to be real interesting. Oh, you didn't even have one in yours at all. Well, so splitsy I had this wrapped spoon and this loose fork, so That's I combined those for myself. You're like, I got you. This is it, dude. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> the half already really thin napkin. Yeah. All right. So this was like in my mind over and over and over when I was like, I don't know. I don't know how old. And at one point I knew every single word. But it's been so long, some of that faded, but it's still mostly there. A little spillage. A little bit. Do you know this song? Are you familiar with it? I don't think so. so good about that beat and the way her voice just moves mm-hmm. I like it So since we might be talking about kind of some of our religious backgrounds or lack thereof. This song represented something interesting for me because I didn't grow up in church. But I was hanging around with black people that had a lot of religious background. Mm -hmm. Christian and Muslim. African Americans. And this song has that overlap. She's talking about some of that stuff. She mentions um, So she's quoting Bible verses. Like maybe we can talk about Psalms. Maybe we can talk about Revelation. 
and I didn't really know what that meant but some of my teenage black friends knew what it meant and they were having these like really conscious philosophical and faith-based conversations and I was like whoa this is cool I mean that it was just so fun and I, I didn't feel any of that like baggage that people talk about with Christianity I was just like they're just talking about awesome stuff yeah <laughs> and that was that's kind of what I thought Christianity was and what Jesus was like like and they would quote these verses about his feet being bronze and his hair being like wool and that being in the Bible and I was like with him in those conversations, like listening. And we'd play basketball, and then I would chime in something, even though I didn't know what I was talking about. And then we watch Malcolm X, the movie, Spike Lee movie, that kind of addresses this. And Malcolm X comes to some of these realizations of like the white man taking this Christian narrative and making lying about things and then oppressing a people group. So when you realize that. Uh, you might not want to stay in that religion so Islam but then there's some that said instead of leaving the religion they went oh now I can follow black Jesus you know mm-hmm. and it was so fun to, there was debates on it and I was just like this is amazing that's really cool yeah and this song represents that to me I remember going to like some event we were just playing basketball for hours at nighttime. I think it was a church retreat, dude. Yeah. Before I was even in church, I think I got invited to some event that I didn't even know was for a church. Mm-hmm. It was in like a gymnasium overnight, and all we ever did is like play basketball and eat pizza and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think I knew it was for a church. <clears throat> and and all the white kids were hanging out doing their thing and all the black guys were playing basketball for hours and talking about like philosophy and stuff and I was like that's what I want to do and I feel like in some ways that is my like a a reclaiming of myself lately Mm -hmm. is like that's the path I always like better I learn so much Mm mhm that's my seminary the seminary that I went to for masters it was in urban ministries with a concentration in biblical studies Mm -hmm. and it was predominantly black and all my almost all my professors were black and most of them were women and I just loved it and I mean and some of the ladies loved it too because I was like 22 just bright-eyed guy like I want to learn and then there would be like 65 year old semi-retired black woman professor some of them thought I was just adorable for even being there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I liked that they felt that way. I felt like I had, like, a moms and grandmoms in the room mm-hmm. teaching me about life. It was great. But I didn't grow up with it as a foundational thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I didn't grow up going to church um, more than, like, a few times with people that I was... If I, like, stayed the night over on Saturday, yeah. they'd be like, come to church in the morning. Right. And you don't even really remember what those events were like? Or do you? Maybe just they I- were, iconically, maybe? I mean, they were just sitting and not really knowing what was going on. I honestly didn't even really listen. Like, I, I was just in my own head. 
Mm-hmm. How old were you? Um, so the time that it happened, like, most frequently was when I was living in my friend's grandma's basement with my mom, because um, she went to church, and so while we okay. were living there, uh, we went with her. Um, how old was I? Third grade, so what? however eight. old you are. Yeah, eight. However seven. old you are then. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, when you're eight... And you don't even know really what you're observing. You just like zone mm-hmm. out and think about some show you watch. And I was whatever. I was just like I know there's a room somewhere in here that's just full of toys for kids that are a little younger than me and can't even sit still. Right. Um, I wish that I could I at I least over be there. there. They might have like Transformers or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would, what would have been a toy when you were in third grade? Um, I think I would have wanted to play with like. Legos, like mm-hmm. building stuff. I was never good at Legos. Yeah. I think it uh it always kind of revealed a thing about me like Legos make my ego go down. Yeah. Like right when I think I'm semi intelligent, I I mess with Legos and I'm like, "Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not smart." All right. So you're not really paying attention, but But then you said something to me before we press record like but you you did some religious stuff. Yeah, and you yeah. Might not like, realize we, at the time. We did stuff that like like when we would go like hiking in the woods, we would do pagan chants about yeah. like like hoof and horn and like rebirth and like my mom uses like the term goddess mostly, but God sometimes mm-hmm. um, to refer to like a higher power and like a connectedness. I mean, um, so I mean, as you're describing that. It sounds like you very much grew up religious. Yeah, very but, religious. Like, totally. <laughs> yeah, um, or at least, or at least ceremonial moments. Yeah, we we didn't have organized religion, and my mom uh, like didn't go to anyone else uh, like for explicit religious guidance. But she did get this type of guidance, I think, from like her friends. Like I do, there's some organization involved, or else these traditions wouldn't be passed down at all. Yeah, and a lot of it she got, I think, from uh, from rainbow, from rainbow gatherings mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, is probably where she met yeah. people who so gatherings. That's that's actually that's actually not that different if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like church. It's like you went to this instead of every week. You went to like annual huge church festivals except it wasn't church it was something else and religion was through it but you didn't have to be into that stuff Correct. in order to be yeah. there right yeah yeah that's, for sure that's a significant and there, thing there's a there are tons of christian rainbows like people oh. like it's definitely not like um just that yeah mm-hmm. um yeah there's people of all sorts of different religions. Definitely some Buddhists. Who a are rainbow, if you will. A rainbow. You know what? That makes perfect sense, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I also like when I was very young. I um, I remember having like specific beliefs about the afterlife and stuff. Hmm. Um, about like there is a place that people are after we die, and like. I will go there eventually and meet those people who died. Um, a a universal hope of humanity, really. Yeah. Like collectively, you analyze 
not all traditions, but a lot of traditions around the world in the history of the world, they there's something like that. Yeah. There are some exceptions, but so it's a lot of them. Yeah. And that was, was that related? Do you think that death sparked it? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my father died when I was very young, yeah. and that was definitely why that was part of like my sphere at all. Right. Like because explicitly, I was told, you know, like your father is dead, uh, and I may have been told he's like he's an angel now or something like that. Even and it just sort of stuck there, like yeah, he became an angel. Yeah, yeah. like it, and it stuck in my head. And there was a song that's like it starts with "Walk together, little children. We don't ever have to worry." Hmm. Um, it's kind of it feels like it's just a spiritual. Um, yeah, but like that. Explicitly, that was, like, what I was thinking about, like, because it's... Um, How old were you? This was, like, very young, like, five, like, four, five, six. Um, yeah, and my guess is you remember it well, more than the average four-year-old. <laughs> That's just my guess. I remember, like, that song and stuff still. The yeah. actual events of, like, my young childhood exist as, like like separate scenes basically yeah um that's got to be common that's what I'm, that's i'm like too i can name this thing happened this mm -hmm. thing happened those core memories people talk about yeah totally so afterlife yeah that song um the last yeah. lyric is we'll all be together forever and ever when we make it to the promised land mm -hmm. um and that was like how I, that was my whole conception of it basically was like people yeah. die and they go to the promised land and eventually I'll be there. Like, but that's not talked about in that way. In, in my experience, it's not talked about that way when you're chanting in the woods at night. That's not really the topic of conversation in those ceremonies. Yeah. Or is it? Um, no, that is, was more about, um, interconnectedness and like people are not actually gone they are still like with us here right um as part of everything like yeah and i i love both of the narratives as long as neither one of them i love both of them as long as they don't try to manipulate anyone to do anything mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. Like when, when, if someone were to say, well, the, there's the obvious ones of like, you have to do this and believe this or else you can't be in this after. Mm -hmm. But it, you know, that's an easy one to pick on, but I also wouldn't want someone to say we're all connected as long as you believe the right thing. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, we're either all connected or we're not all connected. Yeah, Don't I, do this thing to me where I didn't <laughs> light the thing right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> when I was young, I had like the young this time means like 10. Um, mm -hmm. I realized, like, I, I don't want to believe in a God who would condemn me for not believing in him. Like, if that's my only thing, and that's enough... Sounds like abuse I'm not into it. Like... Yeah. That doesn't sound like love. It sounds like abuse. Yeah. But that's the beginning of a lot of people's faith, uh, Christian journeys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened to me. Is somebody, somebody got me. Like, Do you feel like there was a time in your life where you were like, like, um, like afraid of hell? Yeah. And it was not 
when I was hanging out with those black dudes at the overnight basketball thing, mm-hmm. when they're talking about Jesus being brown and and like discussing what it means to love your enemies and like arguing about or not arguing but debating about like leaving a faith tradition because it's been hijacked by Europeans and mm-hmm. or redeeming that thing back to the brown mm-hmm. that stuff I liked and I was like I already felt like I was kind of part of this Christian narrative of like I didn't think I had to do something to be a part of it mm-hmm. I was already like talking with people what else is there to do yeah and mm-hmm. <clears throat> And then I'm Jewish by blood, so that made it a whole another thing in that conversation too. When I would say well, I'm Jewish, and they'd be like, "Whoa!" And then they got we got into like that chosen people thing and the <laughs> slavery thing, and mm-hmm. and uh, it was. But yeah, someone was like, "If I if you don't pray this thing exactly and don't believe it exactly in this way, then you go to hell." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is a person older than me who's been a part of this faith." for a long time so they're they must know the answers mm-hmm. you know like they're part they've been a part of it for a long time they've studied the stuff more so whatever they say is probably what that mm-hmm. religion teaches and now i know that's only this much of that religion that talks that way mm-hmm. most of that faith tradition doesn't talk that way or mm-hmm. i it, i don't think <laughs> it's a subset of a subset yeah. that really tries to have you know some power over people but actually now i think about it maybe it is actually a larger percentage that i'm saying but it's not all of christianity is really what i'm saying yeah yeah and you know like we've talked before about how like there is evidence that the idea of hell was adopted from like other religions as christianity grew zoro zoroastrianism i think that was a narrative of flames Mm -hmm. and the Hebrew culture in the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures, you know, the, um, the original, the OG Bible, yeah, um, before New Testament, uh, hell was like a, was like the grave. Yeah. And then New Testament. Uh, times, yeah. It was Sheol or Sheol or something. I don't know and how to pronounce things. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> um, I just have ways I've heard them. I don't know how to actually say it, but, but New Testament, you start to pick up on flame talk. Mm-hmm as a probably picked up by some other some other cultures and going oh yeah ours is ours means like when you go down it just means you're like you're down there mm-hmm. in the dirt but we'll add that to it yeah and we'll scare people <laughs> lucifer means the light bringer and it's mm-hmm. the it's the old name for venus uh because at certain times, you can see Venus right before uh, the sun comes out, um, or following the sun. It, it looks a lot. Clo- it looks really close to the sun because it is closer than we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting <clears throat> how uh, if you have an agenda, all you need is a couple sentences from the magic book, and you can really. Keep people down. Yeah, I like to treat um, holy texts as, like, an opportunity to talk about this stuff. Because I think for, like, lay people and working class people, like, 
when else do you talk about philosophy other than when you discuss your religion? You know, maybe mm-hmm. you do. Um, like, let's yeah. gather around this book because it reminds us to talk about these kinds of things. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can go, self-sacrifice. Wow. Remember, that's a really cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you flip over. And I think the focus on trying to, like, squeeze out the truth of the book, like, yeah. I, the intent of the authors, yeah. I I think that is how you kill books in general. Mm. Like, Worrying too much about what the person writing it thought about when they wrote it. Like, no, there's a book here. Talk about what's here. You can't know what they were thinking. Absolutely not. <laughs> Especially with a book that old, you know? Because twenty first century so many times. 21st century person trying to know how someone from the 21st century BCE, <laughs> how they thought... You don't know how they thought. You don't. They didn't think about things in the same way at all. And, like, you see that criticism with a lot of history. Anytime someone tries to, like, talk about a social category we yeah. have now yeah. as, as if we had it in the past. Um, and there, and then there are idioms everywhere mm-hmm. and phrases that not even just, like, what someone might have meant according to the words, but can't always know that that phrase was a well-known phrase at the time mm-hmm. that was used in jest to mean the opposite yeah like if someone saw our words now like what's an example of a word that means the opposite um people like to say i could care less or i couldn't care less yeah i could care less people say i could i I could care less you could okay go ahead so you care a little bit (laughs) you still care (laughs) yeah or or someone say like you killed that and you it was like they didn't murder, they didn't kill yeah. something. Or, yeah. or like, this is outdated, but people used to say if something was bad, that meant it was good. Yeah. You know. People still say that sometimes, but less often. But there are other examples. You say the opposite. Well, thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of years from now, people, if they read something, they may or may not know that. Yeah. So they can't be like, it says bad, but I promise he was thinking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm, could you, could you, maybe you could know that. Was he both up for it and down for it? (laughs) (laughs) That brings to mind for me, like the word, the light bringer, brings to mind to me Prometheus, uh, the being that brought humans fire, stole fire from the gods and gave it to humans so they could use it and was punished by having his innards eaten over and over again forever for doing that, for helping humanity. Because the gods didn't want that because they be he stole from them, and it was like godly power. Like I see, man, <clears throat> I I liked this stuff in high school, mm-hmm. but I'd never kept re- studying about it when I was in school. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it tells some deep truths, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greek myth is one of those things that it's it's good to be familiar with um, if you want to do like art analysis. Um, yeah, not. Just because you'll, like, understand intentional illusions, uh, but also because, like, it allows you to pick things out, like, whether the creator intended it to be there or not. Um, Which you can't really know, like we said earlier. Yeah. And so as long as you're not trying too hard to make it be that, Mm -hmm. just let it be what it is. Yeah. If you notice something, maybe you're noticing something that's going on in you. Yeah. More so than what the... You know, the creator, the director, mm-hmm. the whoever, writer intended. 
But then sometimes it's like they were trying that and it would be helpful if the audience knew mm-hmm. <laughs> knew some background stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I um I have some friends that I would um I would ask them like what's this song about? And it's not cuz like I can't tell like what's going on. I just wanted to hear what they have to say about yeah. the question what is this song about. Mm-hmm. Um and Yeah. I find that a lot of fun to be, like see what people take from things, and it's it's like always different, you know. People um, will get similar things, but if you if you convince people to break down like all of it, you're gonna end up with something different. All right, I've got some core of a joke that I've been working on for a long time, but it's going nowhere because I just can't <clears throat> can't find the thread. Mm-hmm. I love poetry. Mm -hmm. So here's kind of the... It's not the joke done, but here it goes. I love poetry. But uh, I don't understand it usually. Yeah. (laughs) And then in school, the teachers and the students... I always got really good grades and stuff, but I think within poetry, people thought I was super deep. Yeah. Because I would break down... The core of like one part of one sentence and just say something really cool about it. Mm-hmm. And people were like, dude, that was deep. And I was like, in my mind, it's like, I just picked part of a sentence that resonated with me and talked about it because I don't understand the poem. Yeah. <laughs> and like, <clears throat> you apply that towards <laughs> being a pastor. <laughs> and I was like, well, the Hebrew root word of this. The, the root of this, and people would be like, whoa. And I'm, and then, I mean, I actually did understand it more. I studied a lot. But it's funny yeah. that I maybe maybe sometimes in, instead of, like, trying to work hard to understand the poem, I just, I don't know, I almost feel like it's lazy, even though in some ways it's not lazy. It's, you're tr- attempting to go deeper. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like I wasn't smart enough to understand some of the poetry. So then I said something cool about one part. People thought I was smart. <laughs> and I didn't feel like I was smart. Yeah. You know, I think, like, were you to see someone and they did that, you would be like, no, you are smart. Like, you would yeah. you would say that to a person in yeah. your same situation. You're right, man. But anyway, see what I mean? It ended with <laughs> serious. It's like, that was supposed to be a joke. And then yeah. it just fizzled into, like, Talk to your therapist about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you would have to keep it closer to the um, the first part of, uh, I love poetry, I do not understand it. Right, right. <laughs> like, come up with, like, a very famous poem, uh, like... R- Robert Frost a, or something. Say a couple couplets mm-hmm. and be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. You say it and you go, mm, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that one part. Same thing with music. Um, some music, I I think I understand what they're saying because I listen to it over and over and over, and I like that style of music. And that's like the thing I've been talking about a lot lately about how much hip hop taught me as a child, mm-hmm. a teenager. It's because I was listening and I liked the way that it sounded, and I was actually trying to understand what was being said. Mm-hmm. 
but outside of that, sometimes I listen to music and I'm like, some even some of my favorite musicians, I would even say a theme of my favorite musicians is I don't really understand what they're talking about, mm-hmm. but I love it. And I like project my own interpretation onto their poem. Yeah. Focus on one little part of it. That's my favorite part. That's the same thing I did in high school poetry. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. no clue what their intention of the song was. And I'll never, I'll never know. <laughs> yeah. Who needs it? <laughs> it's, well, I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't it be fun to talk to some of your favorite music, living musicians and say, when you wrote that song, what were you thinking about? It would <laughs> that be. would be really fun. But like, I don't think that has that much to do with like what I get from the song. Right. It's just like something interesting about it. Yeah. If you love it enough, you want some of the backstory that might help. Like be, I'm intrigued of how something made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. The thing that you were thinking yeah. got like produced and digested out of you to come to me, and I take it and think it's some other thing. Mm-hmm. And there's no way around that. Yeah. And any that's one of the best lessons I ever learned in public speaking is you can do all of the hard work internally, as far as like in your heart and externally, meaning like practicing the actual act of public speaking you can Mm -hmm. you can work on all that and once it comes out of your mouth you have absolutely no control of what anyone thinks you said Mm -hmm. and dude the more people there are in the room the more interpretations there are of what you said and projections of what you should have said what they think you said Mm -hmm. or you should have said Mm -hmm. but whatever it is you said they understand that according to their own filter yeah Never, I don't think there is such a thing as anything other than that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like the reality of communication is translating from an esoteric language of your own brain to some other like less specific shared language uh, of some kind um, and then projecting that and it has to pass through this like flesh to tra- get translated into a different esoteric uh, language that exists only in your head. And, and then there are certain words that even if we, you know, not that we can really know, but let's just believe the best and say certain words that we can be really close on our understanding of those words, mm-hmm. of some definition of them at least. We've had different experiences with those words that have done different things to us and made us feel better about that word or less good about that word. Yeah. Same word, but one of us might, I mean, extreme would be like the word triggered, Mm -hmm. but I don't even necessarily mean that all the time. I just mean more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. Use a word and it's like, yeah, I get the word, but I've never liked that word. So you said it. I now don't understand it because you actually like that word and that's why you chose it. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have chosen that word because I'm not into using that word. Yeah. Big vocabularies help. They don't, they'll never be enough. Mm-hmm. But I think they're better than like if we only had, a, you know, words that like, how are you doing? And you just said good or bad. And yeah. there weren't any other words. Like we would miss a lot of nuance of our feelings. So I'm glad that there are a lot of words. And, yeah. And I kind of wish there were even more, but there would never be enough words. Yeah. And the words change, and they get lost, and or like, they only mean that to these people, and they don't mean that to these people. 
Where were we at? We were like dancing in the woods, but it wasn't organized religion, but it was passed down rainbow mm-hmm. gathering. Yeah. It was disorganized religion. Yeah. And it's still, it to me feels like a religion. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean is like, I know it might not be as organized, but there are certain outfits people wear. Yeah. Just, just like name of religion and I can tell you how they dress. Mm-hmm. Name that one and I'll tell you how they dress. Yeah. It's not all the same, but there's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it's cool. It's just like acknowledge that there's something organized about this. Yeah. <laughs> there are stores and websites dedicated to what we're doing here. <laughs> it's and, not totally in yeah. the woods by ourselves random. <laughs> yeah. And there are people, I think, who are like their own separate in the woods things um oh right i guess Amen. a lot of those get called cult but yeah <laughs> um, some of that's, them are fine that, unfortunately that's organized religion <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what happens organized. when you organize things <laughs> organized in the woods uh yeah i don't like i don't like religion or, or uh, organized religion mm-hmm. but i love deep intentional conversations and actions and even sometimes uh traditions and mm-hmm. rituals mm-hmm. when they're not when they're not like you have to do this yeah right and so all that kind of sounds just like religion but i think the difference is the whole like you have to do this in order to be one of us yeah yeah, I love traditions and rituals. Um, my f- friends and I, it's one of my friends' birthday today. Uh, hmm. Happy birthday, Stephen. Um, sure he's a long-time listener. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every time. Uh, but what we do for people's birthdays is we all send each other memes we make that we poorly edit in, like, their face to or, like... right. So the goal isn't even to be, like, super good at graphic design. It's Mm -hmm. even funnier if it's terrible. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like, oh, I made this in five seconds. And it's it's memes in his honor, so to speak. Yeah. It's um, traditionally, um, it's their name and then the word birth. Not birthday. Sometimes the word birthday, but it's very uncommon. Um, I think I saw the first one in years that someone actually said birthday. Um, did that was it a faux pas and they forgot <laughs> or is it not I, ma- I brought it up but like none of us cared that much <laughs> right 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 <laughs> did you send him one yeah oh nice yeah um and like those things are like steeped in like things we understand about each other like yeah. one of my friends is bald and we like to talk about that a lot um we his name is Delano or we call him Delano um because his initials are FDR. Um, nice. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, he I love head. that reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's I why I know I love that it. reason. It's just his name now. I, I, I don't even always remember his, his name that I knew him by before that. and Because that was only... Well, it was actually, like, four years ago now. But I knew him longer than that. And so, like, for a long you know time... You know why I like that? Name. Not only because, obviously, mm-hmm. it's genius. <laughs> And I've, that word has always been funny to me. That's what makes it even funnier. Mm-hmm. And then I would add to it is 
the easiest nickname he could go by, which would also be cool, is FDR. Mm -hmm. Until someone said, why do people call you that? And then it would ruin it. Mm -hmm. If he said, that's my initials, it'd be like, well, okay, I guess that's all right. But if it was like, why do do they call you Delano? And Mm -hmm. then he can say, because my initials are FDR. That's, yeah. that's better. He, he, well done. His favorite way of making jokes is just to lie to people. Um, and I've so people like that. If, if he went by FDR and someone asked him, he would have something ready to say that wasn't just like, it's my initials. He'd be like, oh, I actually survived polio or something like that. I think that. it's, those kind of people are funny to me, but I can't bring myself to be like that. Yeah. Is that, does that make sense? I'm, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I'm with that with people who I feel are in on the joke, who like also do that. Right. Um, and I also like don't let it last any time at all. Like they'll be like, "Really?" and I'll be like, "No." Next time we talk, mm-hmm. or one of the next times we talk, I want to talk about the phrase. It's a thing mm-hmm. because things. This is things about things. In case you forgot, yeah, things Pe- about things. Yeah, and people say something happens, and they go, "Yeah, that's it's a thing." Mm-hmm. I want to talk about what that means. Yeah. I feel like it could be a long conversation. I would I would do a little it bit of... It could be a thing. It, would, it probably would be. It would be the title, it would be the topic, and it would be a thing. <laughs> but would it be like a whole thing? <laughs> it would be. Like, I don't think it like... Only if we re- if we nailed it in terms mm-hmm. of like, not just kind of um, chit-chatting about it, yeah. but if we actually said something that made sense and mm-hmm. people went... Oh, that was like a whole thing. Uh, yeah. But if like, we mess it up, it could be a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah.